Hello and welcome to the Challenger Tour podcast. Uh, you might be a bit surprised to hear me start all by myself today, but it's actually going to be just me. Uh, you don't need to worry about Andy. He just couldn't come today. But, you know, he's going to be there next week, so don't, don't worry. Because I'm all by myself today, you know, it was all short notice, so I couldn't really come up with a sub. But, um, you know, it might be a bit shorter today than, than our usual runtime of about 30 minutes. But we shall see. I haven't really, you know, planned this out in such a way that I know how much time it's gonna take. Maybe I just go on talking <laughs> for too for too long. We shall see. I don't, I don't really know. I, have, I haven't really done I haven't really done it, you know, alone yet. So uh, yeah, another week has passed on the on the ATP Challenger Tour circuit. We've actually had two maiden winners, so plenty of plenty of things to talk about. Uh, we're gonna go about go about go about it the normal way, just like we usually do with Andy. Uh, so you know, talk about the the free events that we've had first, and then preview next week. So I thought we could start in Nur Sultan, where we had a second event. Uh, this one was actually a challenger one to five, so a bigger than the bigger one, a bigger category than the first one. And it was won by Thomas Mahaj, who's a twenty-year-old Czech that if you're following the challenger tour you you're probably really familiar with already. Last year he won in Koblenz, that was one of the last events played before the break. And then he was also the runner-up to Maximilian Marterer in Bratislava. What's really important here? He, you know, he's just twenty. He's part of uh, he's part of one. Uh, he's part of a young army of of Czechs that is coming to <laughs> storm the tennis tour. Uh, you know, I'm talking of guys like Lehetska, Foraitek, Rufbenski. Mahach is definitely the most developed of all of them right now. Um, with this win in Nur Sultan, he's actually gonna make the top 140 in their ATP rankings. So that's pretty high. He also uh, qualified for the Australian Open recently, so well, you know, made some impact on the on the main tour already. Um, and it was honestly a brilliant week of for, for him. I mean, the the draw he had to overcome was extremely tough. We mentioned Mahaj Laksanen as one of the toughest first round matches last last time, and then he actually had to beat Mackenzie McDonald, uh, the recent Australian Open fourth rounder and the champion. Uh, the week before in Nur Sultan, also Sun Wukwon, the the top seed and and a top top one hundred player, he had a few dips in level. I would say the second set against uh, Prynesh Gunesvaran in the semis, then also uh, you know, the opener in the final against Sebastian Lofner wasn't perfect. Uh, I was actually very impressed with how he managed to t- take back on some of his swings. I mean. Usually he he plays a hyper aggressive game. He just goes for every single shot. And against Ofner, you know, when it wasn't working, he had a plan B. He played a bit slower. You know, took a little little more time uh, on the ball, and it worked. He he finally played himself into his into the right groove and managed to overcome Ofner. I am also very impressed with with uh, with how the the Austrian has done this week. Um, in 2021 so far Ofner actually had just one win in five events and some of these losses he was really dreadful but 
it's you know sometimes it only takes one or two matches to to find the right rhythm and that that was the case for Hoffman this week uh, in the quarters he beat Federico Ferreira Silva whom who was his uh, who, who defeated him last week so that, that that was definitely a great win one of his best matches in a while against Taro Daniel in the semis and then in the the final was actually you know the the, the quality was very high from both um, Ofner did really well to keep Mahat in backhand ex- exchanges in the in the opening set. Uh, sliced a lot. His slice is pretty great. Really stopped Mahat from taking control of the rallies. But in the end, he he just had to succumb. Um, but a great week for for both. It's it's good to see Ofner finding something. You know, getting 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 some wins because he's also a very dangerous player when when he's on. Um, is there anyone more to mention? Probably not. I think we will just go, as uh, as we mentioned last time. Uh, actually, uh, no. Uh, the the seeds got a really tough draw. Got really tough draws here, and it 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 really showed. I mean, he the, especially in the bottom half of the draw. But actually, four of the eight seeds lost their opening matches. Uh, Laksonen to Mahac, uh, Donskoy to Ofner, but also Kukushkin to Ferreira Silva and um, Rusuvuoli to Troitsky. So yeah, uh, that was just a really tough draw for almost anyone who you know who who was ranked pretty high. So you know another another great great uh, just a great way for for Thomas Mahac to c- come through this draw because uh, it was a really stacked event. Next off, next up, we're gonna go to Gran Canaria, uh, where we have a maiden winner on the circuit, Carlos Jimeno Valero. Uh, he played a few challengers last year. He is actually the 2019 Wimbledon Juniors runner-up. Um, last year, he made a semi and a quarter all on clay. He's, despite making the the final at Wimbledon in juniors, he's actually a, a clay court player, first and foremost. Uh, but I've been really impressed with him this week. I mean, uh, last year his runs seemed a little bit, you know, using the, the fact that there are his opponents were missing a lot, defending a lot with the backhand. But this week his forehand has been quite amazing. Um, he really needs to work on any sort of transition game, go to the net a, a fair bit when he has advantage in the point. But his forehand was just great at some points, and especially maybe under pressure uh, in the semis against Blaskavcic he had to save a match point and did so by first going uh, back and cross court with Kavcic and then taking just taking full control with the forehand and finishing with a winner it was very ballsy to to play such shots under under that huge pressure so you know just a really good prospect another Carlos from from Spain that that you really need to look forward to seeing on clay well, the the other one that I'm referring to was here this week as well, uh, Carlos Alcaraz, obviously. Uh, but all eyes were on him, obviously, coming back to to clay to the Challenger Tour after making such a good Im- such an impact in the Austrian Open quali- qualifying, also later on in in Melbourne beating David Go- David Goffin. But he was actually kind of struggling. Uh, first, he engaged in a thrilling match against another junior, Filip uh, Christian Janu, uh, a very talented Romanian, and later on lost to Marco Trunghelitti, uh, a player who you know, 
most of you are obviously familiar with. He he played around Garros a fair few times. I think played the third round twice. Drohelti uh, lost to Kimir Kopians later. That's obviously also one of the more more solid challenger tour competitors we've seen over the years. Uh, the Belgian is just one of these players who are who perform really well on this circuit and always you know, seem to have seem to have it all to progress but he never really did but uh, also a great week for, for him uh, the final he was actually kind of stunned I think with the with the level that him and Valero brought um, I, I think he was even heard saying something like it's impossible I can't do anything and he really just couldn't you know the the way him and Valero saved a I think all eight breakpoints saved and just absolutely blasted his forehand. He was able to hit through the Copian's defense and you know that's definitely not a, not a, not an easy thing to do considering how how good he, the Belgian counter punches and and how fast he is around the around the court. Yeah, I think we can go to St. Petersburg now as we talked about last time. It's it was actually the first Challenger 15 event that was completed because we've had one in uh, Podchefstrom last year but it had to be stopped because of the pandemic in March but uh, you know just as a, as a short reminder it is a new category of events for players ranked 151 and below and you know I guess some people were worried about quali- about the quality of tennis that we're gonna get because of that because of the lower ranked, player, ranked players but as I mentioned last time, I was actually really, really looking forward to that, and the event did not disappoint at all. Um, with Andy, we also talked about Andrei Kuznetsov, uh, former number 45 in the world, who was playing from the qualies. He actually lost to an, another qualifier in, in uh, Artem Dubrivne in his third match. Uh, a bit of a surprise, and I'm also going to mention how Kuznetsov did this week already in the qualies later on I mean he's just not really you know playing his best tennis not really playing what we were what we're used to seeing from him um, and that's a surprise given for example his win over some query at, at the US Open last year he I remember he served out of his mind there I, I can't remember the exact serve stats but they were like absolutely crazy but anyhow from the top half we had Altuk Celek Bilek um, emerge. Uh, he actually never made the semi, never made never made the semis at challenger level before. Uh, which honestly, when you look at his game, is a kind of a surprise. He actually already scored two uh, main two wins this year in Antalya over Kasper Zhuk and then in um, Singapore over Shintaro Mochizuki. The, the the guy who I just mentioned who defeated uh, Jimeno Valero at Wimbledon 2019. Uh, by the way. Shintaro Mochizuki, but anyhow, uh, Tarek Bilek has a very, has a great explosive forehand, and honestly, with his game, he should be making a lot of progress this year on the Challenger Tour. It hasn't really happened, but I think it's just you know a, per- a period of bad luck, and the fact that it, that his first final is made at a Challenger 15, that's also you know not something you should look at as a as a coincidence. He, despite finishing runner-up, he also made a career high, ra- career high ranking which should allow him to get into into more events in the future. And his conqueror was actually a qualifier. Um, many qualifiers, you know, you, you, you've got four qualifiers in the main draw and they actually all made the quarterfinals this this week. 
Lucas Catarina uh, was the was the fourth one besides Berks, Dubrilde and um, Kuznetsov. But Zizou Berks, you're definitely familiar with him from Antwerp last year, the main tour event in Belgium where he defeated Albert Ramos Vinolas and almost made an even bigger upset over Karen Kachanov. I think everyone was just expecting to expecting him to rise up the rankings very soon, which didn't really happen. I don't think he played a challenger since since Antwerp, but he played a lot of ITF events with very mixed results. He won a 15k in Bratislava, but I think he also had a, a, a few very surprising early exits. But it's great to see him progress. Uh, what I really like about him is definitely the the right determination and the, the, the will to attack. He always comes forward with great intent and with great success. I think this is, you know, just just the the, the will to attack, some f the free flowing aggression. It's something that a, that a player needs if he's to succeed in in this sport. Well, most of the play, most of the players should have, even if even if you're a defensive player, attacking qualities are so important to to make it far. And I think Breaks really has it all. He only lost one one set the whole event that was actually the final, and he was also really clutch in that um, down break points in the third set. He was he served extremely you know ex efficiently. Uh, he hit his spots really well. Uh, I think in the whole match he saved ten out of tw twelve break points, so that's a, that's a great rate. Obviously, didn't really allow Celek Bilek to to capitalize, and then when he had uh, five four. You know, that game when you're leading 5-4 in the in the decider and the opponent is serving you know that's when you know you can attack without any any hesitation and that's exactly what he did he just ran to the net on, on two occasions uh, he blasted a few great returns and that's how he that's how he took the final and his first uh, obviously his first challenger title um, definitely looking forward to to how he's gonna progress uh, later on in the season because that's that's a really that's a really great prospect uh, we also talked about Dominic Stefan Stryker last time the 2020 Ron Garros champion and as much as some of the Ron Garros champions that we've junior champions that we've had before you know it either took him some took them some time to progress like Holger Rune or they still didn't really meet the expectations like John Hintzak Stricker is actually looking great. Like he has a very good physical ability, like the, the a big frame for his age. Uh, he's got a very aggressive, very very fast-paced game, and his win over Duya Dukovic and then also a loss to uh, the second seed Jamilka. They were both extremely high quality. They showed a lot of premise. Um, we also heard today when uh, Roger Federer had a had a press conference at Doha, his first press conference in. In such a long time, uh, he mentioned that uh, just after his, well, uh, after the second knee operation, he had he actually practiced with two players, Dan Evans and Dominic Stefan Stricker. So definitely a great thing for him to to practice with, with such a great, and I think it's gonna do him a lot of good. And I think uh, it's only a matter of time until he really starts progressing. Like I think in in terms of young players, you so often see them being really consistent on the ATF circuit or, or even in the lower rounds of challengers but you know consistency is not exactly the 
the, the most important thing if you want to reach the top. If you want to reach the top, what you want to do is have a ridiculous upside. You obviously want to perform perform at your peak as, as regularly as you can. But I think it's more important for a young player to have that ridiculous upside that you know when, when things go his way, he can be absolutely amazing. And then when he links the links a few of these great performances together and for example grabs a title he here or there you know the, these points are already more than you know i don't know for example if if, if he wins uh, if you win a uh, challenger 80 then you actually need to win f six idea uh, six fifteen case to to make up for these points that that's what we're seeing with guys like i don't know adrian andreev or even fairness that not having that attacking game just being really consistent and and great at counter punching that's not exactly the the fastest way to progress i think streaker could could be up there just really really fast and i'm lo looking forward to to seeing him uh, this year much more because that's a really fun game to watch too like he, he just doesn't hesitate almost never <laughs> just uh, goes for big returns plays the net too Okay, I think that's enough about Dominic Stefan Stricker. Uh, I think we should go to preview the next preview next week. Then we've got another event in Saint Petersburg. This time it's not actually a Challenger 50 event; it's Challenger 80. But uh, the top city is still Roman Safiuli. The, just the the field is a little bit more consistent. Uh, we've got as I as I mentioned, we've got Roman Safiuli as the as the top seed. There are some extremely interesting uh, first round matches like for example the runner-up from last week Celek Bilak is playing uh, Teimuras Gavasvili who recently made the, made the finals in Podchevstrom so that's that's gonna be a huge one Marius Kopil is playing he hasn't done well in a while and he's playing one of these guys that I that I mentioned before when I talked about the young Czech prospects uh, Michal Wrenski we, we also have Dak Healy playing who we mentioned last time that he was uh, competing for the first time in over a year, uh, you know, from from my standpoint as a as a pole, Kasper uh, Jok is, is the sixth seed. I am really hoping for a, for a good run from him. Actually, his last three challenger events were finished in the quarterfinals, so that's pretty huge. But he could be facing Zizou Breaks in the second round. That would be a, that would be a, such a blockbuster. A very random appearance from Jack Sock. Uh, he's gonna play Tsemilka in the in the opening round, uh, world number three. It's very surprising given that there's a challenger in Cleveland in two weeks. So I'm not I'm really not sure what Sock is doing here. You know, but his ranking is obviously very low right now. Uh, he also he's also signed up for an event in Biela, but not this week, but the, the week uh, the week after that. So it's definitely planning to stay in Europe for a bit longer. Uh, quite surprising, but you know, last week uh, la in 2020, when we actually saw Sock on the court, uh, I think he looked uh, really motivated. So you know, it, that, that guy has, you know, I'm not gonna have, to, I not, I don't have to tell you that this guy has a lot of talent. So, so I'm looking forward to see if he, if he can do go any further than the first round here, because that's a really brutal draw for him. Uh, and when we go to Biela, there's actually a, a, a little bigger event there, uh, Biela Challenger 3, because we're gonna have a fourth one next week. 
and we already had these two one that one won by Ilya Marchenko and one by Sun Wukwon uh, there are no, there aren't any top 100 players this time, but there are a lot of them that are situated just behind that ranking threshold. We've got James Duckworth, Andreas Seppi, Yuichi Sugita, Yasutaka Uchiyama, Peter Goyovchik, and the list go the list goes on. Uh, what are we looking forward to here? Definitely another another appearances from the Italian wildcards. Uh, Luca Nardi and Giulio Zappieri are, are showing a lot of premise. We've got Dustin Brown playing for the first time since uh, the Australian Open Qualies, where he reached the third round and he actually looked great. He, it didn't look like he had any physical issues left, so uh, that's definitely something to, to get to, to watch. Uh, we've got Sergi Stakowski playing Andras Seppi in the first round. You know, indoors, that's a really dangerous matchup for Seppi. Uh, Stachowski actually played the Davis Cup this week and lost to Leshem, I think. Yeah, but so, you know, perhaps not the greatest of form, but indoors I think he always has a shot at Seppi. Uh, another super exciting first round match is Vukic Rodionov. Uh, last, you know, last year if they played in March that would have been an absolute blockbuster. Right now they are they are probably not in this great form, but but I'm really looking forward to see how how Vukic matches up there. Uh, if if there's any signs of the of the form that he had last year uh, in Melbourne, he was kind of okayish. I I didn't really think much of his performance. I think he lost to Sinner in the in the warm up event, so you know a tough draw. Uh, that's that, that's still a blockbuster. I mean, I just said that <laughs> that last year it would have been one, uh, but but that's still a, that's still a, definitely one of the one of the matches that I'm looking forward to. Uh, before I men before I went to Saint Petersburg, I actually mentioned that I was going to talk about and Andrei Kuznetsov because he was playing the qualies again this week, and I was certain when I you know when I saw that that he's playing again that we're gonna mention him on the on the podcast here. And I'm still going to mention him, but he actually lost in his opening round to Yellow Cells. So, you know, the comeback isn't really going that as well as as one could have thought it would after after some really good matches last year. Uh, yeah, in, in, in Biela Qualies we have some very interesting players too. I'm definitely looking forward to see Jonas Foretek. Um, you might remember he beat Marin Cilic late last year in, no in November. Uh, this year, actually, a few really surprising losses, like for example, to to the 16-year-old Luca Vanasha in an IDF, or last last week, uh, I think he also had a had a fairly fairly peculiar loss. I'm I'm sorry, I I completely forgot. Uh, <laughs> I'm complete. I completely forgot who did he lose to. Yeah, m m the Michael Jertz of 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 Belgium. Yeah. So definitely looking forward if he can reach that level again. Actually, before this year, I thought he might be the the best prospect of the of the Czechs, but Mahach is definitely the one that's that's developed so much more than than, than the others, and the one that that we should definitely see on the main tour at least a few times this this year if he if he continues to play this well. Um, so I think this would be all. I'm. I hope that I managed to make it at least a bit interesting. It's obviously way better to do it in in, in a pair, 
when you can when you can have a conversation or something but you know in order to keep the continuity i didn't really want to skip the week so thanks thank you guys thank you guys for listening and see you next week when we're gonna talk about biela st petersburg and preview the next three events which are actually gonna be very interesting because we're gonna have a south american challenger and 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 finally uh, something in the states for the ones who don't want to don't want to leave the continent or can't leave the continent because of the pandemic so see you then bye